Yeah. Thanks, Elton. Everybody, everybody went to high school or college in the 70s and were like, yeah! Right? You have flashbacks and stuff. She's saying, well, why, what does that song have to do with what we're talking about? Well, Scott made a statement last week, and it's a very true statement. And here it is, is that all truth is from God. Remember, who says it? If it's true, it's true. And just kind of hold on to some of the thoughts of that song. We're in this series that we've been calling Live Ticket, where we're comparing uh, something that we know something about, skiing or, or snowboarding, something like that, to something that a lot of us, we just got to be honest, we're kind of clueless about. And that would be, what's God's will for my life? Or what's God's purpose for my life? Or does he have a will for my life or a purpose? And, and if that's true, how do you find it? How do you find a better way to live your life? And the comparison goes like this. I'm standing on top of a mountain, all right? And I'm faced with a decision. And the question tonight is not, how did I get here? Or should I be here? Or what got me to this point? I mean, those are great questions, but they're kind of a moot point. Because here, here's the thing is, um, right here and right now, here I am. And right now, I've got to make a decision, right? And here's what we know to be true. And this is what Scott talked about last week, is that one way or another, we're going down the mountain. If is not the question. How is the question. And in what condition I'm going to be in when I finally land at the bottom. And, and this isn't a one-time thing. You figure out God's will for your life. There's, there's another one tomorrow. And then another one the next day. And then two or three more the next day. This goes on and on. You, your whole life is going to be coming to ski runs and decisions and, and crossroads where you have a little bit of time and a little bit of opportunity and a little bit of pressure. Sometimes a lot of pressure. And you've got to make a decision. Like now. And sometimes it's no big deal. Sometimes it's like a bunny hill decision, you know. I mean, it's like, you know, if, if, you, may, if you choose wrong, big deal. You fall down, you pick up your stuff, you brush it off, and, and you move on. It's, it's, there's some decisions that are not that big a deal. But there's some decisions, um, call them black diamond decisions. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Where there's a lot more at stake. And if you mess up, if you crash and burn, you know, on this one, um, you might not get a do-over. And that's some of our stories. You know, we were standing at the top of a mountain. We had these decisions to make in our life. And, and we chose, and we chose wrong. And we got hurt. And that's some of our, some of our biographies, right? And it's not, that would be bad enough that we got hurt. But the other thing is that other people got hurt too by our decisions. We're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. And you know, here's the thing is that God will forgive everything. And, and most people in our life will forgive most things in, in our life. And so you've picked yourself up and you've kind of moved on. But in the back of your mind, um, you, you keep on going, oh, I wish I would have picked different. Wish I would have chosen different, right? Because now I, got, I, I'm, I moved on, but I got regret. You got memories, got some scars. And it's usually these kind of these black diamond moments in my life. Sometimes, you know, on a good occasion, I ask God, you know, at the top of the hill before I start down. But most times it's after I've kind of, you know, kind of had a kind of yard sale about halfway down the, the, the slope and everything is spread out. And I'm laying, you know, exhausted in a, in a, in a snow drift, looking up at God going, hey, hello, I need some help. You keep talking about, you know, you want a better way for me. Well, tell me. What am I supposed to do now? I got to choose. I need, I need some help, God. Which way should I go? And like Scott said last week, God always answers that question. He's not this God where he says, you know what? I got something behind my back. You got to choose. Which one? Up, oh, chose wrong, go to hell. That's not him. <laughs> I mean, a lot of times we think about God. That's, that's not yeah, God is a God of truth. He wants us to know his will. Jesus said, if you got questions, ask Seek, knock on my door, and I'll show up. And sometimes God has, has answered our questions supernaturally. You know, like Scott talked about last week, sometimes a voice has come out of heaven, or an angel has shown up at the end of somebody's bed, or, you know, a, a voice has just spoken, you know. i got to tell you, that's never happened to me. I've never seen an angel, never heard a voice, you know, never seen a bright light. 
you know, sober anyway. I'm telling you, I, I, that's never, <laughs> just keeping it real, folks. You know, it's like, don't throw stones. But anyway, uh, right, I mean, I, and I, I would be suspicious if anybody came up to me and said, God told me. How? I, I heard this voice or, the, you know, this animal spoke to me. I'm like, you need, medic- you need more medication. You know, I, I just, I wouldn't, tr- I got to be honest, I wouldn't trust it. I wouldn't trust it. it Maybe that's lack of faith on my part, you know, maybe. But God usually, typically speaks to the other seven billion of us different. And how does God kind of make it known his will? And we got decisions. And that's what we're looking at this month is, hey, I got a decision to make. Or is, there, is there a filter I can kind of put this through? Or there's, is, there, is there kind of a, a, a lens that I can look, some, look at some things through and hopefully come to a decision about what's, a, what's the better life that I'm looking for? And hopefully that's the same better life that God wants for me. And that's why you came back this week, I hope. And last week, God, or say, Scott gave us filter number one. God, Satan, Scott, whatever. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry, buddy, if you're here. Anyway, uh, here's filter number one. Um, and you kind of fill in the blank there on the top of your, uh, of your program if you want. Uh, this is filter number one. What does this decision say about how I value God? And you could use a different word for value. You could say love or trust God. It's all kind of the same thing. And this is what we looked at last week is that when I say I worship something, this is what I'm saying. I think it's worth this much. Worth and worship, it's kind of the same thing. I worship something. It must be this much. And that's why we call singing worship. Because I'm looking for language and emotion to tell God what I think about him. And music helps me do that. Right? That's why we sing. Because sometimes you're singing along going, that's what I wanted to say. I just didn't know how to say it. But what we looked at last week is that worship is just the tip of the iceberg. Everything we do, that song we just sang, everything we do makes a statement. It cannot be separated from how we see, how we value, how we love, how we're connected to God. And that's the key word. This is the verse from last week. Whatever, you might want to write in everything you do. Whatever you do, everything you do, all the things that you're doing out there, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. So you've got choices to make out there, and they just feel like everyday stuff. I got to go to a job. I got to get a job. I got to do this. I got to spend money. I got to buy this. I got to have this. I got to parent these people. I got to do this. I got to go to school. And it just seems like normal everyday decisions. But God looks at him and says, no, no, no. It's more than that. Every decision you make cannot be separated from how you feel or what you believe to be true about God. And how important, how valuable that belief is in your life. Because you might believe it's true, but your decisions kind of show that that belief's not really that important. So the first filter would be that. I, have, I want to do this. I have to do this. I'm not going to do this. Filter number one, how does this decision say, what does it say about how I value God? And you know, Scott didn't teach us that. Jesus said that 2,000 years ago. Some guys came up to Jesus one day and said, hey, what's the most important thing? What's the, well, as we're making our decisions in life and going through life, what's the most important thing? And Jesus didn't miss a beat. This is what he said. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. He says, this is a, the first and greatest commandment. If you were to walk up to Jesus and say, hey, I got a decision to make and I don't really know what to do. What, what do you think I ought to kind of weigh it up against? His, his response would be this one. How does it show love for God? You're about to do this. Here's the question. How does it show love for God? He wouldn't say this. Does it show love for God? It does. Great love or not much love. It does show some type of value or, or love for God. And here's the thing I love about Jesus is that he always gives you more than what you ask for in a good way. Because they ask him, hey, what's the first one? And he doesn't stop there. He goes, hey, listen, you asked for the most important. I'm going to throw in the second one for free. You might want to write this one down. And here it is. The second's like it. And that translates right up there with it. You cannot separate the two. The second's like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets means the Bible cover to cover hang on these two commandments. You can't separate them. 
The entire Bible, all of Christianity, all of faith, all of believing in God hangs on these two statements. Does it show love for God and does it value people? So filter number one is, does this decision, what does this decision say about how I value God, love God? The second we're going to look at tonight is, what does this decision say about how I value other people? That's what we want to look at tonight. I got a decision to make. Question is, how does it value God? But here's the other thing is, how does it value other people in my life? Because the old question is what we look at old questions and new questions. The old question last week was, I got a decision to make. How, how is that going to affect me? That's that's usually my first question. But maybe a better question would be, hey, I've got a decision to make. How is this going to impact the people close to me, my family, my significant relationships? See, if worship is a statement about the worthiness of God, I think he's worth this much. Then today, the, 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 the filter would be, this decision, what's it say about the worthiness, the value, the worth of the people around me? Because if I do this, there's going to be cost. And it's going to fall on somebody. And the truth is, in the experience of my life, it usually falls on the people closest to me. My decisions do. The question is, is it worth it? And if so, do it. There, there's your answer. If it's worth it, then, then you ought to do, do it. I'm not trying to make a decision for you. But you, we, you and I, we need to make these we've we got to ask the right questions before we make the decision. And so many times in my life, I make my decision and then look in the rearview mirror and I got regret and I'm wondering and I wish I'd done it different. Again, Paul, this guy that wrote a big chunk of the Bible, he, we, we looked at this a couple weeks ago and Paul, or uh, Scott looked at it. God, Satan, and Paul now. Scott <laughs> looked at this last week about trying to walk a really right path. Look at this. It says this, be very careful. Remember this, this verse, be very careful then how you live. And you can insert other words here and it would translate perfectly. Be very careful then how you walk or how you choose. Not as unwise, but as wise. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Remember what we talked about that? There's a lot that hangs in the balance here, sorrow. Or... Therefore, look at this verse. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's what? What his will is. And now what we're looking for? I'm trying to make a good decision here. Be careful. Don't walk foolishly. Make wise decisions. Don't waste any minutes because a lot hangs in the balance and you're looking for the Lord's will. It's very simple. Here it is. Ready? Be careful. And choose wisely. See, if, you know, if you and I lived on our own little island, all we would need kind of is filter number one. If just me and God living out there on an island, everybody's like, hey, how does this show love for you? But, but I don't live on an island and neither do you. I live with people. We live with people. We play with people, we work with people, we go to school with people, we date people, we break up with people, we get married to people, we have sex with people, hopefully in that order, all right? We, we, have, we have people in our lives that tell us what to do and we have to do it. We have people in our lives that we tell what to do and they have to do it. We disagree with people, we fight with people, and hopefully we forgive people. No matter what you do, it falls on somebody else. As you're making decisions about your family, as you're making decisions about your life, whatever, you need to look at your decisions kind of as the lead domino. And here's the thing, all right? And we've all played this game as a kid. Once you make your decision, here we go. And once you make your decision, you don't have a lot of choice about what happens after that. Right? Maybe a better comparison to what we're talking about with all this ski stuff is kind of like an avalanche. You're at the top of a slope and you're about to make a decision and it will trigger fallout. It will trigger an avalanche. And the question is not, will it fall on people? The question is, who will it fall on? Because it's going to fall on somebody. And we all know that's true. But so often I make my decisions before I ask the important questions. If I do this, how is it going to land on some people I really care about in my life? And is it worth it? Because here's the deal. 
You might not like to hear this because I hate talking about it. The question is not, will it communicate value to people in my life? The question is, is that the value you are hoping to communicate? There's a book I highly recommend. Order it off Amazon.com if you want. It's called The Best Question Ever. And the author is Andy Stanley. And in, in, this, in this book, he, he suggests the best question that you can ever ask when you're making a decision is not what's the easy thing to do, what's the profitable thing to do. The best question ever is not even what's the right thing to do versus the wrong thing to do. The best question that you'll ever ask is what's the wisest thing to do? What's the wisest thing? What's the, wi- the wisest decision I can make right now? And then he gives us some filters. If you have at the bottom of your program, you'll see some fill in the blanks there. And you're going to want to remember this. So I'm going to go kind of fast. Do your best to kind of write it down. If not, get it later. All right. But here it is. Here's some filters to help answer what's the wisest thing to do. The first one would be this. In light of my past experiences. The word past. In light of my past experiences, the things I've gone through in the past. In light of my current circumstances. What's kind of going on in my life right now? And in light of my future hopes and dreams, so past, current, and future, what would be the, not the smartest, not even the right, what would be the wisest thing I could do? So we're looking for filters. So let, let's try that. Let's, you know, let's plug those questions, those filters in, and try to answer this bigger filter. How does this value or fall on people closest to me? Here's what I want to do with the rest of our time tonight, all right, is I, I want to kind of lay out some scenarios, some situations that some of us find ourselves in. And I'm not going to hit everyone. There's just no way. We have a very diverse crowd, but you're smart people, most of you. And you know what? You can do the math and go, well, that's not my situation, but there's a truth in there I can take and I can plug it into my own life. And I'm going to start kind of wide, kind of, kind of generic, kind of out there. With it, well, It's important, but it's not as important. And I'm, going to, and I'm going to move in until I get really, really intrusive in your life. And I'm just going to ask you not to leave till after the last song. Because um, as, as painful as this is for you to hear, it's even more painful for me to, to say. So we're going to start and kind of move in to, this, the, to the center of the circle. Let me, let me just talk, talk with those of us who are still in school. If you're still in middle school, high school, college, back to school, whatever that is. And, and here's the thing. Let me just talk to students for a second. Every day. And you know this is true. Intentionally or unintentionally, value is communicated at, at school. Who's important and who's not, right? And the thing is, and remember, we, we all can push rewind and go back to the, those wonderful days back in middle school and high school, right? We can go back to that and, and we know if you're able to do these kind of things, you have value. Put balls through hoops or goals or whatever, right? And if you can't do that as well, your value goes down. If you're able to have this kind of talent or ability, you have high value. If you don't have that talent or ability, you have lower value. If you have a certain look to you, you have higher value. If you don't look the right way, and I don't know who gets to figure out the right way, but if you don't look the agreed upon way, then you have low value. And here's the thing is, we walk around our schools, and this applies over, doesn't it, folks? All right. We walk around our our, our schools every day looking at people, making decisions whether they have value or not. Do they merit our attention? What can they do for me? All right? And here's the thing is, all right? Your school is full of invisible people. People just don't merit your attention. You don't treat them bad. You just don't treat them at all. They're just not there. So let's kind of plug this filter in, okay? Because I think, you know, kids, we're, we're doing some math in our heads right now. Based on the way I just spent the last week at school, and based on what I kind of believe about God... What I believe about people and how they matter to God, um, just looking back, what did I communicate to people about how much value they have to me? Or maybe if you keep on going out the road, 
how much have I told him they matter to God? Or have I just made him feel like nothing? And if someone made you feel like that, you know it's not true. It's hard to hear, isn't it? It's hard to be treated like that. I remember when I was a kid, somebody looked at me, I think it was at church one day, and they pinched me on the cheek one day, and I was in middle school, and said, Jimmy, these are the best days of your life. And I was like, no! (laughs) They're not. Hey, kids, listen. These are not the best days of your life. It gets better. It gets better. I'm telling you, middle school, you don't have enough money to to force me to go back to middle school. I'm not going, all right? Life gets better. But here's the thing is, you know what? What I've found is that as you go through life, sometimes middle school follows you. And you go to work and you're in your 30s or 40s and it feels like I'm back in junior high again. Meaning this is that people have been given certain positions or titles or authority and they've just become the bullies or the jock or the snob or whatever. Not all jocks are snobs, I'm sorry. But I'm just, my school was. But anyway, um, you know, they, they just become the bullies. They just take it and they just walk around the hallways or whatever and they enforce their will on other people, weaker people. And some of us are those people. My question is, could we begin to see ourselves in our positions, in our authority, and our responsibilities, maybe through a different lens. I have, a, I have to make a decision, and it's, it's based on my position. I'm the boss, or I'm the teacher, or I'm the coach, or I'm the leader of the club, or the, or the team, or whatever that is. And I'm, I'm going to make this decision, and it will fall on people around me, given what I believe to be true about God, what, he, what He's into. And what I believe about people, that people matter to God, and, and if they matter to God, maybe they should matter to me. What would be the wisest thing for me to do today at work, today at school? I have a really good friend back in Kentucky. His name's Greg, Greg Diedrich. He's the president of Kentucky Fried Chicken. And I don't mean like a store. I mean like all of them in the whole country. Uh, the whole country. If he makes a decision on Monday, on Tuesday, 150,000 people have to do life different. And, and he's a really good friend of mine. He was, we went to church together. And when I was making my decision to come out here, I needed to make a wise decision. So I called him up and, and I went into KFC headquarters there in Louisville, Kentucky and went up to his big, huge office. And I said, I said, Greg, you got you to help me work through this. And I asked him some questions about, hey, when you became the leader of this organization, this multi-thousand person organization, um, what was the first thing you did? And I remember this. And I, and I emailed him this week, and, and he gave me permission to share this story. He, I remember what he said. He said, for the first couple of months, I didn't even come into the office. I'm like, what? He didn't come to corporate headquarters. You know what he did? He went out to all the local KFCs and worked every position. He was the cash register person. He was the deep fryer person. He worked the drive through window. He emptied the trash. He swept the parking lot. I'm like, why, why would you do that? And he said, listen, um, I can't make good decisions up here if I don't know what's important out there. Not down there, out there. And so Greg's a great leader. Not because he has an authority not be, or, or a title or because he has a big salary. I'm telling you, he's a great leader because people follow him. And they follow him because they trust him. And they trust him because they believe they matter to him. They have value to him. So this is the easy part. This week at school or at work or in the ball field or the drive through window on the way home tonight, would you act different? Would your decisions be different? If you first ask, what's God think about these people? What am I communicating about God? And, and if that's true, if I act this way or make these decisions, will these people feel more valuable or less valuable? And that's easy, right? I mean, at least on paper, it's easy. It seems really doable. And we should treat people like they have value. If they matter to God, they should matter to me. And there's a bunch of Bible verses I could throw at you. you know, the, the, le- the least is the greatest and the first is last. And imitate Jesus who became the servant of all. And that's all true and good. And, and we should do that. It all makes sense. But let's get more. Let's kind of move in. All right. 
Here's what I found in my own life. Um, I spend the bulk of my decisions and my energies on decisions that are out here and how they're going to affect me. And as I do that, as I'm making my decisions about life, about stuff out there, I, I um, ignore, and that might be too strong of a word, uh, I uh, forget, overlook, downplay, rationalize how my decisions fall on the people closest to me. And just to clear this up, I'm talking about my family, my marriage, my kids, my, my closest friends. So many times I make my decisions. I can't speak for you, but I think you're with me on this. I make my, deci- my decisions based on, um, that's just the way it's got to be. Right? Given what's going on right now in the economy and at work, I, I really don't have a choice. Or I just don't think at all. That's just how you do my job. That's the way it's always been. This is how business is done. And they'll just have to understand. And by the way, they, we're not referring to your boss, your employees, or your customers. Just to clear things up, they um, always mean family, always mean marriage, always mean kids, always mean my closest friends. They're just going to have to suck it up and understand because that's the way it is. Really? Do they have to? But be careful, right? That's what we're looking at. Be careful then. Make wise choices. Don't waste any more minutes because the clock is ticking and once, once it's passed, you don't get it back. And you can look at these filters a couple different way, ways. Let's just look at them again. You look there on your program at the bottom. In light of my past experiences, you, you kind of go, you know, I've worked hard. And this, I kind of deserve this. And in order to get where I am, this is what has to happen. In light of my current circumstances, this is my shot. This is my once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And the economy's doing this. And if I don't do this, somebody else is going to take my job. In light of my future hopes and dreams, I want to make some more money. I want to get a promotion. Eventually, I want to own the company. That's the filter. Then what's the smartest thing to do? Or is that the question we're asking tonight? You could look at it like this. Let's just give you mine. In light of my past experiences, and I tend to be a workaholic, and I've already missed way too many major moments in the light of my family, in the life of my family, because of my job. In light of my current circumstances, I have an opportunity to make more, have more influence, advance more. But if I do this, I'm going to have to travel more, be gone more. I have these two little people at home that call me dad, or call you mom. Let's, let's, let's be really honest. The reality of my circumstances right now, I hardly see my family the way it is. Am I, am I bothering anybody yet? Um, I, I hardly talk to my wife now. I've missed so many things in my kid's life now. And things are pretty tense around my house. Pretty strained. Is now the time to be gone more? In light of my future hopes and dreams, I don't want to be another family statistic in America. I want to be there for my kids' important moments. I don't want, to, don't want to miss anymore. I want to finish my life with Robin. Um, hey, Rocket Man, the fuse is burning down fast. Time's ticking. And in light of that, here's what we've got to ask. What's the wisest thing to do? Let's just ask the obvious question, because if you're like me, you've already asked this. You've already sat there in your chair and, and this is, you've already done the computer and it's come out. Why can't I do both? Right? I want both. I want to have a great job and I want to move up the ladder and advance my career and make more money. And I want to, I want to have a great family at the same time. Can't, why can't I do that? You can. You can. But let's be honest. Reality is, when push comes to shove, when you've got two things on the table... 
both competing for your limited time, most of the time, who gets the shaft? Who just has to understand? We look at the people standing closest to us and we just say, you have to understand. You have value. That's what we tell them. I think we're saying something else much louder. And we tell them, I tell them, I tell myself this, it's just one time. I mean, you ever looked at your family or your friends and went, this is just just one time. But that's not true. You don't even believe it as it's coming out of your mouth. Or you say, it's just temporary. It's just a season. It's fall or it's winter or it's spring or it's summer. It's just a season of my life again. And this is my favorite, all right? I'll make it up to you. How? You going to give them some money? Good luck. Here, this is my favorite. I tell them and I tell myself, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. I want to give you the good things that I didn't have when I was a kid. Can I just say this? And this is my opinion. That's jacked up on all kinds of levels. And here's what I mean by that. I want to work hard and make a lot of money so I can give you a nice house, but I'll never be home with you in it. I want to build you great, give you great electronics and big TV, you know, the top of the line TV so you can watch movies. I'll just be too busy to ever watch a movie with you. Right? I want you to ride to your games and your school events and stuff like that in this awesome car, but I won't be in the stands or out there in the audience because I'm paying for it. So I'm busy. And when I am home, I'm going to be pretty stressed out and worn out. And I'm not throwing stones at anybody in here. Me too. Me too. All I'm saying is we have to be careful how we're living, folks. We've got to make wise choices. We've got to make the most of every opportunity. Literally, that translates. We have to redeem every minute that we have because once it's gone, it's gone. You're still here. I have affinity, but you're still here. Let me, just, let me just push it a little bit more. Can I just tell you the biggest pile of baloney that I've ever bought? And, and you're going to sit there and go, well, I kind of believe that's true. I think you're wrong, but here it is. Ready? Here it is. Ready? Quality time is better than quantity time. That's just not true. I mean, I, quality time is important. I'm not taking away from that. But one, and this is last week, remember? One Valentine's Day, I don't care how quality it was, Cannot make up for weeks or months of neglect or absence, can it? You know, you can't look at your, your husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, and say, you know, I travel five days a week out of town, and when I am in town, I work 80 hours, but I sent you flowers in February. Are we good? <laughs> it just doesn't work. And here's what I'm learning. I'm not throwing stones. This is what I'm learning. I'm trying to make wise decisions. I have, I'm not making them all the time, but I'm discovering there's a cumulative value. It's investing small amounts of time in activities over a long period of time. In other words, this. Little things add up. Little things add up. You can go to the gym one time a year. It really doesn't help. You know, it it doesn't. You go to the gym five times a week for a year, you're a different person. Going to church one time really doesn't help. You string two or three months together and you notice stuff is different in your life. Sending roses or a card once in February is nice. Doesn't really mean that much, though. Really kind of highlights the other weeks and months and the neglect. You have a little bit of conversation every day for a year, your relationship changes. You can eat one great meal in November, and it's awesome. But you eat dinner with your family a couple times a week, two or three times a week over the next year, and you know what? You know what's going on in each other's life. And here's what else I've learned. If you miss any one of those, there's not any immediate consequences. 
You don't go to the gym on Tuesday. You don't lose all fitness. You know, no couple ever broke up over one busy day and no family disintegrated because you missed a game or a school play. But neglect is cumulative as well, right? You miss a few workouts. You have enough busy days strung together. You miss enough minutes of FaceTime with your family and you're going to wake up one day and there's no more minutes. Right? See, there'll always be stuff to do, folks. There'll always be more things to do, more money to make, reasons to work more nights, hobbies to enjoy, goals to meet, and they all have value. They're all important. But there will never be enough time to give everything and everyone the attention that they they demand or they deserve. So you have to make wise choices. It's just true. And we say this around a lot around here. We should, we should put it on a t-shirt. Everything has value. Everything is important. But the truth is some things are more important than other things. Some things have more value. So choose wisely. Because the choice you make communicates what does have value and what has more value. So that's your filter, okay? Almost done. I'm going to get much more offensive, so don't, don't leave yet, all right? Um, here's a, what value are you communicating? Because you are communicating value at school and at work and at home by the choices you make. And is that the value you meant to set out to communicate? And those are tough decisions. They always will be. There's no easy decision in any of that. Scott reminded us again last week. He said, listen, even if you're in the middle of God's will, that doesn't mean it's going to be pain-free. It's going to be smooth skiing. Not at all. The truth is, there are some decisions that you're going to be forced to make. There's some avalanches that you're going to have to set off. You, You don't get a choice in it. But here's the thing is, No matter which decision you make, somebody's going to get swept away. Somebody's going to get blown away. Somebody's probably going to get hurt. And if you could choose different, you would. I was at a leadership conference a couple years ago, and I heard this speaker stand up, and he was talking about how you terminate an employee. It was one of those, those kind of conferences. And I remember he said this. The three musketeers only had it half right. All for one and one for all. See, in any organization, you never sacrifice all for one. It's always one for all, one for the many. And you people in business, you know that's true. You never sacrifice a company or a department because one person isn't pulling their weight. You don't pull everybody down because this, this one guy or this one girl is not doing it right. You, you terminate them so that everybody else can succeed and, and can move on. On, on a national basis, over the last couple hundred years, you know, we, we value freedom around here, but it costs us. And we send a few of our best and brightest. We send our future. We put them on planes and boats. And we send them to other parts of the world. We sacrifice a few. And we honor them. And what they've sacrificed is more than most of us will ever, ever understand. But they sa- we sacrifice a few. They sacrifice their individual lives so that all of us can sit in here tonight. That's honorable. And the ultimate example, I guess, is Jesus. God, listen, God said, yeah, all right, let's do it, yeah. Absolutely. This is taking another notch higher, though, is that the ultimate example would be God. He sacrifices one and only son so that we can all be free, so we can all be forgiven. It's not that God didn't look at Jesus and go, I don't love you enough. I don't value you enough. No, he weighed it against what it was going to accomplish. And he says, that's worth it. Our forgiveness and our freedom. He said, well, what does that have to do with us and our decisions? And this is a tough one. This is the one that's going to get me in trouble. You're going to sit here and go... You're going to email me. How could you say that? That's, it's not very loving. How could you say that? And here's why I'm going to say this. Because it's true. And here's, here's what I'm saying. This may be the most loving and the most difficult thing you'll ever do. Some of us in here today have or are or will 
have to make this decision. We're going to have to look somebody in the eye that we, that we love and look at them and say, it can't go on anymore. You have to leave. You can't be here anymore. This can't go on. I choose to let you go. I'm sending you away. And here's why. So the rest of us can survive. So the rest of us can live. Some of you have had to make that kind of decision. You're going to have to look at your husband or your wife or your child and say, listen, I love you, but you can't be here anymore. Some of you have lived through this, right? You can't be here anymore. And if you stay here, I'm going to lose everything. Your presence here is causing more harm than good. It's not a question of whether I love you or not. It's a question of I'm going to lose something. Do I lose you or do I lose all of them? And I have to choose. And I'm not telling you to leave as punishment for you. I'm saying if you stay, I'm punishing everybody else. And that's not fair because I'm devaluing them. Parents, we've been there, haven't we, sometimes? We're trying to raise three kids, but there's this one kid and he is tearing our house apart or she is disrupting everything. And you spend all your time and energy on this one child and you sacrifice the other two and you kind of look at him and you say, you're just going to have to suck it up and understand. Why? Why? Some of us are going to have to look at one of our children, our husband or wife, whatever, and go, you have to leave. And maybe, and my goal is that someday you can come home. But not like this. You're going to have to look at a friend, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a fiance, a best friend, a roommate. You have to look him in the eye and go, I cannot stand by and let this go on anymore. And I've tried everything. It's not getting any better. I think us being together is actually making it worse. So we can't be together. You have to leave. Or I do. And I'm not saying go home and break up or go home and kick your kids out of the house. Or if you have a fight tonight, you know, if somebody kicks somebody to the curb. That, that's, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not telling you to do anything. But in light, here's our filters. But in light of what's happened in the past, just be honest. And in light of what's going on right now and in light of what your future hopes and dreams are and in light of the fact that the decision that you have to make or don't make will communicate to all parties involved what's valuable and what's more valuable and considering what's at stake, maybe it's time to make a wise decision. Right? You say, "I I don't know if I can do that. I know. I know. And if you could choose, you'd choose a different mountain. You choose different problems, wouldn't you? You choose different paths. You choose a different ski slope, whatever you want to call it. If you could choose, you would, but here you are. It doesn't matter how you got here, whose fault it is. Here you are, and the reality is you're going down the mountain, and the choices in front of you will land on somebody else. Not choosing is not an option. Let's go back to filter number one. See it up there on top of your page? What do you believe to be true about God? Value God, trust God, believe in God, love God, whatever you want. Do you believe He cares for you? Do, do, do you really believe that's true? Do you believe that He gives strength to the weary? We talked about that a few weeks ago. Do you believe He keeps His promise that He'll never leave you, forsake you, or abandon you? Do you believe that? Do you believe He's willing to go through this with you? And if so, then what? What do you believe He's telling you to do? I'm not your Holy Spirit. Filter number one, um, what's this decision say about how I value God, how I love God, how I trust God, what I believe to be true about God? Filter number two, what's this decision say about how I value the most important people in my life? Let's stop there. That's enough, isn't it? 
We have three more filters on the way. So, you know, you say, well, I'm not prepared to make my decision yet. Okay, don't. All right. And we'll pick up next one. But here's what I found in my own life. Again, just being honest. When I have a really hard, tough decision to make, I already know what I'm supposed to do. Right? And I'm pretty sure I know what God wants me to do. I think he came in here knowing what is probably what needs to happen. My, my deal is I'm just afraid of what's going to happen when I make it. Because the dominoes are going to fall. And someone's going to get swept away. And we say this around a lot around here. We're not God. I'm not your Holy Spirit. And my job's not to tell you what to do. But a few weeks ago, if you weren't here, some of us stood up in this room and said, listen, I need God to give me strength for a tough thing that I'm talking in my life. And we're not going to do that tonight. But, but here's the thing is, that's not a once in a while thing. Whether you stand up in church or lay in your bed tonight and kind of look past the ceiling and through the stars and into the face of God, you can ask Him for help anytime. Not for the bunny hill stuff, the, I mean the black diamond stuff. And some of us are facing that tonight. So here's what we're going to do. Um, for those of us facing big decisions, um, they're going to fall on somebody else. I want to just close tonight in prayer. And uh, come, please, please come back next week. You know, no. Um, it makes me cry every time I come to that church. Me too. Um, Brian, you lead us in one more song and we're out of here. Um, let's just pray, okay? God, come to you tonight with some black diamond stuff. Stuff I'm looking at, at the top and I'm looking down the hill going, I don't think it's possible to even get down from here. And I don't like all my options in front of me because they're going to land on somebody tough. I mean, you know, treating people nicer at school, I can try that. And you know what? Be nice to the girl at the drive through window tonight. That's a start. That's awesome too. Viewing my... Uh, privilege through a different lens and when I go to school or work that's bigger that's better but let's just get on to the big stuff God there's some stuff going on in our houses with our roommates in our dorm um, that's really hard and we don't know what to do or we, we know what to do we're just terrified to actually do it because um, the dominoes will fall and the avalanche will um, destroy everything in its path so, God, uh, we just come to you and ask for wisdom and uh, guidance and uh, strength and discernment and uh, all the other words that, that, that we need to, to go through this. Um, you're a good God. You don't leave us out here on our own and wish us luck. You promised to go through it with us. So as we sing this song, God, I pray that you just whisper to hearts all through this room, I'm here, I'm with you. And as hard as it is, you're not alone. And... Uh, And here we go. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.